0: You're listening to the creative pep, the creative uh, crap talk. You know what? Just cut, cut the music. <sighs> this is the creative pep talk podcast. I'm your host, Andy J. Pizza. Follow me on Instagram. I need those followers. You can follow me at Andy J. Pizza. Do it. I'm sick of telling you. <laughs> None of you guys are following me on Instagram. Come on. I'm trying my best. Gosh, every week, I'm begging you to follow me on Instagram, listen to my podcast. I can't do it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> this, I'm just kidding. I mean, I do. I like when, you know, who doesn't like some followers, but... This episode is about burnout. (laughs) I'm a little bit burnout, and uh, that's why I'm playing that angry burnout character. Let's talk about burnout, but first, let's get to the sponsors. This episode is supported by In The Making, an original podcast brought to you by Adobe Express So, a few weeks ago, I started thinking about doing an episode on burnout. Uh, there, I did a burnout episode a while back, and I just noticed that a lot of people recently were posting the artwork that I did for that episode. Like, a, I just a lot of different people were posting it, just kind of randomly, and it just got me thinking about burnout, thinking about how maybe that's what we're... Maybe a lot of people are feeling that at this time of the year. Maybe that's just kind of in the in the climate. Maybe this is something that I need to revisit and do a fresh episode on. And the, this really annoying thing happens where when I start planning an episode like that, and I'm thinking of it in this kind of detached way of like, all right, the people need to hear an episode about burnout. Let me... I really don't think like that. Please don't judge me. But just kind of in a detached way of like, all right, I'll do an episode on burnout. Inevitably, every time I do something like that, I end up experiencing firsthand extreme levels of burnout. And this week, man, I am burnt out. I am snapping at Sophie. Uh I just want to I just want to be honest with you. Like I'm a grumpy old bag of beans really just just a grumpy old man right now. I'm not pleasant to be uh sharing a home with. I'm tired. You know, I was I was doing some travel that was really kind of stretching me and, and testing me and challenging me. Um, some of that good, some of it bad. I was, you know, I'm juggling a lot of things. We're looking at getting a, a space outside the house, which comes with a lot of details and feeling the pressure on a bunch of different ends and I'm juggling some bigger things for illustration and all of this just coming together to really just zap my fire Like, and just totally burn out this week as I'm preparing to do this burnout episode. So I'm feeling it too. And this is coming from a place of here when I was really at the bottom uh, a few days ago, probably Monday or Tuesday, really feeling completely zapped. Having to like just work on fumes because I pretty much had to work up from sunrise to, um, to going to sleep on Monday and Tuesday. I really started to think about what am I going to do? How do I, how do I get out of this place? Because, a, I don't want to take it out on the people I love. Uh, they don't deserve that, uh, and I don't want to be a grumpy person and be miserable. and And I don't want to, you know, miss the opportunity to do a great podcast for you guys and and all that kind of stuff. I wanted to just figure out. What are the things that help me switch the fire back on? And so all the things I'm going to talk about this week are things that I've been doing that have really helped me, that are getting me jazzed again, switching the flame back on. And so I hope that they help you. They come from a real place because, man, I'm just tired. I'm uh, I'm tired. I'm exhausted. And I, you know, one of the things that happens... One of the things I notice about burnout is the the best indication that I'm burnout is that I become apathetic about life and I become apathetic about my creative work. I stop caring. I can't. Rem- In fact, I can't remember why I cared. That's the number one sign. I think if you're going to uh, if you're going to defeat burnout. You've got to know how to recognize it, and and yours might not be the same as mine. And I'm going to go through a bunch of different types of burnout, a bunch of levels, and what to do on those with those levels. But I think the first step is the diagnosis, and kind of having a smoke detector that that tells you, uh-oh, it's burning out. Uh, the smoke, it's hitting the smoke, and mine is always apathy. I just go to a place of why do I even care about the podcast? Why do I even care about illustration? Why do I even push myself to do public speaking like I do? Why do I, you know, what I don't remember why any of this stuff is important and I just don't want to do it. And when I start feeling like that, I know that I'm burnout and I need to go switch gears into these doing these things that switch the fire back on. So as I was preparing to do this episode, I wanted some fresh analogies. I've done I think I've done two episodes on burnout in the past and I don't like repeating myself and I wanted some extra insight, some new insight. I needed some new insight for myself to relight the switch because the things that I knew in the past weren't necessarily working and and I also feel like maybe I hadn't nailed what burnout really is and or or the right attitude towards it like what's the insight what's the perspective that's going to help me in this place and looking back at my old episodes i noticed that i was basically preaching an attitude of be really cautious be really afraid of burnout like be on your guard to stop burnout before it happens because burnout can be a really, really terrible thing. And as I was doing my research for this episode... I was starting with, like, fire. That was interesting to me. I just started—I had read some interesting things about the history of fire in mankind, and I started pulling that thread, reading some articles and some research about that. And something I came across that I thought, man, this is really interesting, is that early, early humans that had fire were— Basically, capturing fire in nature, and then trying to steward it, trying to take care of it. So, you know, if there was a storm or a wildfire, they would try to capture some of that fire and take care of the embers. And 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 they'd have to be really afraid of when there was a storm, and they'd have to just like cower in under shelter when the you know the weather was. Possibly going to put out the flame, put out their embers, and so they had to create these contraptions and and they had to, to carry these embers and these elaborate means from one place t- to another whenever there was rainfall or or you know an attack or whatever, and they were really at the mercy of the gods kind of bestowing this wildfire on them, and it really stopped progress like that it, it was hurting them and i think my old episodes were kind of in this vein of like you've got to be afraid that your fire's going to burn out you've got to really take care of these embers because if it goes out what are you going to do and i actually think that this is an amateur way to think about your fire to think about your creative inspiration to think about the flame that keeps you going i think that you know stephen pressfield in the book the war of art he talks about like you can't be beholden to your muse you can't just wait around for the gods to give you some creative wildfire you've got to be someone who can cultivate your own fire and looking back through this research of human history you're seeing this Dramatic shift happens when humans are no longer at the mercy of capturing and maintaining and taking care of wildfire and the embers of that and going into a season where they control fire. They can make their own fire on command and it means they don't have to be afraid of burnout And this time in my experience with burnout and I start feeling that apathy, I feel like, oh, I want to give up, feeling discouraged, feeling like, what the heck am I even pushing myself like this for? Why do I even care? It was the first time where I felt it. I noticed that I was burnout and I was unafraid. And do you know why? Because I know how to make fire, babies. I, I know how to... I got a lighter and a flamethrower and a and a whole thing of... Uh, <laughs> of uh, what is the thing that you squirt on the fire? And it's like a lighter fluid. Got all that in my back pocket. I've got a whole mess of things, a whole bag of tricks that keep my fire lit. And I... <laughs> <laughs> I'm working the lit phrase in for all the young people. I keeps it lit. Uh, but I felt that that when you feel burnout, it is very tempting to panic. Earlier this week when I was really spent and I was feeling like w- what the heck am I even doing any of this for? my your first feeling is panic. Because it's it's scary when the light goes out. It's scary in the darkness. And it's it, it's hard to keep moving. But for the first time ever, I had this confidence that you know what? Yeah, oh, this is burnout. And you know what? I've experienced burnout a million times and actually have a bunch of tricks even though I can't imagine How I get that, I can't imagine, I can't remember what it feels like to feel the fire and that's really scary. I know that I've got a handful of things that I can do that will get this bad baby switched on and it might take a few days, but I'll get there. And I want to encourage you and the main thing I want to tell you in this episode, if you don't get anything else out of it, is I don't want you living like those early humans, cowering in the cave Desperately trying to keep the embers glowing. Terribly afraid of burnout. And the reason why is because I want you to burn brightly. You're never going to have a thriving civilization of a creative career if you don't master the art of turning on the flame. Human civilization could never have have exploded the way that it did they could never build a society until the point where they mastered the flame and they look back and scientists say two things that you find in human civilization as far back as when it started language and fire we have an inextricable relationship to fire and artists are the same. You will not be able to build the thriving creative career you want if you are afraid of burnout, if you are afraid to burn bright enough to risk burnout. And the only way that you're gonna burn as bright as you need to and as bright as your potential is if you burn fearlessly, knowing that you know what? Burnout is going to come. Bur- burnout's going to come. Because if you're burning bright enough and you're risking it and you're really churning, you're going to put yourself in some situations where your flame's going to get extinguished. And that's normal. I don't want you to be afraid of it. And I want to give you some tools that will help you get this thing burning again. So, the first thing, number one, is what we're going to call s'mores. S'more self-care. When you're gathered around the bonfire, (laughs) the first thing you got to have, before you even get kindling, before you get the lighter fluid, before you get the logs, you got to have all the provisions for s'mores, because that's what we're really here for. And uh, s'mores are your self-care now. I uh, I've been a student of Michael Hyatt. He's like a, a leadership, marketing business person online. Uh, especially, you know, five or ten years ago, I was really you know into reading his blog and his his books and stuff and. And one of the things that really stood out to me that he said often was that there were a lot of times in the evening where he would talk to his wife and he'd just say, oh, I'm so discouraged. And she'd say, are you discouraged or are you tired? And nine times out of 10, when I'm burnt out, it's not about the creative work. It's not about the stuff that I'm making. It's not about my career. It's not about any of that stuff. It's about self-care. It's the fact that I'm not moving my body, uh, let alone exercising. It's that I'm not getting enough sleep. It's that I'm not taking care of myself. I'm not filling uh, my, myself up with the alone time that I need as an introvert to fill up. And I'm not spending that time it, with energizing people. And so the first thing I think you've got to just, appro- the first thing you got to think about is, am I just taking care of myself? Because as existential as this burnout might feel, you know, a lot of the time my feelings will be way more dramatic than the actual fact. Like I need to eat lunch, but my brain saying the world is on fire. Now, sometimes it is. We've seen it happen. You know, it's, I think a lot of us feel that way right now. But sometimes it's just because you didn't eat lunch. Sometimes it's because you only got three hours of sleep. Sometimes because you've been sat in the same chair for eight hours. Sometimes it's because you need some alone time. You need some rejuvenation time. You need to take a walk. You need to get up early and read a book. Sometimes you haven't talked to anybody that's not draining you in weeks You have neglected those relationships that take a little bit of effort to connect, but ultimately fill you up with energy. And, uh, you know, some of you are thinking, Andy, you know what? I'm not one of these young pup millennials partaking in the self-care. I'm better than that. Well, first of all, I'll just say, shut up, you jerk. Everybody needs to take care of themselves. And the other thing I would say is, you're basically one of these people sitting around saying, you know what, s'mores? Real? I'm not really into s'mores. And he's so self-righteous, like the all oh, the lowly people who like s'mores around a bonfire. I'm not really into s'mores. Well, guess what? You know what? I used to be like you. I used to be the person going to the bonfire, and everyone's like, "Yay, s'mores!" And I'm like, "S'mores." S'mores are the worst. Well, I got I got a secret for you about s'mores. S'mores can be whatever you need them to be. It's just what do you want some more of? When I realized that s'mores weren't graham crackers, marshmallows, and Hershey's chocolate, that's the day I became the biggest fan of s'mores. You know why? Because I went to the grocery store before we went camping. And I said, you know what? My s'mores have cookies and cream chocolate. My s'mores are going to have a Reese's peanut butter cup. My s'mores are going to be decadent. My s'mores. What I want some more of, I'll tell you. Sometimes I like to make a s'more with a little bit of bread, a little bit of pizza sauce, and a little bit of cheese. It's called pizza s'more. And I always want some more pizza. (laughs) What are we talking about? I'm talking about when you hear the word self-care, you might have a knee-jerk reaction. You might think, you know what? It's not really for me. I don't like baths and bath salts and and all that kind of stuff. It doesn't matter what it is, but you do have to have the self-awareness to say, uh, what fills up your bucket? There's a whole book about this by a guy called Tim Rath. Uh, he's one of the guys that wrote Emotional Intelligence and Emotional Intelligence 2.0. It's called, uh, I think it's called Fill Up Your Bucket. And it's about spending time with the people that energize you, spending time doing the activities that keep you full, and having the self awareness to notice where is your gas tank, where is your bucket. And filling it up and keeping it up is do or die, and that's called self-care. So open up and eat this more because it's good for you, and I don't want to hear another word about it. All right, let's keep up with the burnout, Andy. The I don't feel really like Andy J. Pizza. I feel more like Andy J. Pizza garbage. This is a family show, okay? What do you, what do you think I was going to say? This right here is the advertisement, okay? I'm not hiding it. Let me tell you something. I've got sponsors on this show, and you know why? So I can keep doing it, so I can keep the flame burning. I try, you know, over the years having sponsors, we've had sponsors for about two years, they've enabled me to actually make more margin to spend more time on the show and as a result, I think the show is better than it's ever been. And you can eat it if you don't like freaking sponsors on the show. Number two is the kindling. When I Have gone camping in the past. The best bonfires I ever built were when I didn't skimp on the kindling. The skimpling, don't skimple, (laughs) don't skimp on the kindling. I thought maybe those words would combine in an interesting way, and then I just went for it. Didn't really work. There's not as much in common to work with as I thought. But don't skimp on the kindling. You know, when I would collect these sticks and twigs and dried leaves, the bonfires that really burned the that really created those juicy embers <laughs> juicy embers. I don't know why, but my brain instantly went to now warning, don't chew on embers, they're not actually juicy, but you know, those juicy embers, like there's no more like it's therapeutic. To watch those embers glow. I wonder if that's even just ancient DNA burning through us. Like, you know, when back from when we had to keep the the embers glowing. Like, I wonder if there's just like a sense of satisfaction and peace and calm. From seeing those embers glowing passed down through ancestors. But I, I love the the juicy embers. And you're only going to get the juicy embers if you don't skimp on the kindling. I was never a Boy Scout, but I know that much is true. And what is the kindling to your creative career? It's inspiration. And I think that inspiration is something that is misunderstood. I think it's something that's not taken seriously. I think that so many of us try to build our creative career bonfires without it. There's actually a lot of pride that goes around saying, yeah, I'm not even inspired by anything. I don't even have inspiration. I am my own inspiration. I skimped on the kindling. I love the word skimp. Uh, But here's the thing. Long term, you're going to need that kindling. And and I'm taking it seriously right now. When I'm feeling all burnout, I'm going to create my kinspiration list. Now, that word does combine quite nicely. Inspiration and kindling, kinspiration. And I'm going to challenge you. This is your homework. You can hashtag it if you're a hashtag kind of guy. You can hashtag... On Instagram, hashtag CPTkinspiration with a K. That's kindling and inspiration together. And I want you to list your five biggest inspirations from right now. When you think of these things, you can feel a little tingle in the bottom of your pinky toe. It just kind of starts wiggling when you think about one of these things. I'll tell you what mine are just to give you a a vibe because I want to keep them in. I want to keep these embers in my pocket. Number one, travel. Travel's been my biggest inspiration for the past year. And I got the bug. You know, growing up in high school, I remember my girlfriends being like, uh, and I meant girlfriends, not like my friends that are girls. I mean, the girls that I dated, several girls that I dated would constantly talk about travel. And I was just too dumb, too uncultured to understand what they were talking about. Like, pff, idiot, what are you talking about? You want to travel? What the heck does that mean? Beginning of this year, uh, I I got to go to Stockholm for an art show, and even though I've enjoyed travel since I lived in England uh, in my early 20s, there's something about going to Stockholm that just lit this inspiration, this inspiration for travel like I've never had. And I just started to, I've become obsessed and now I want to go to China. I want to go to Japan. I want to go to India. I want to go to Africa. I want to go, I want to go all, I want to go to Egypt. I want to go all over the place. I want to go see this stuff. I want to go to places in Mexico and South America. And I just want to, I want to soak it up. And for some reason, uh, travel is my biggest inspiration. And I'll just go through this list really fast. Number one is travel. Number two is folk art, Japanese, Russian, Mexican folk art. I'm, I've become an obsessor of collecting this stuff. I love that they're like one-off pieces, hand-painted. Like folk art to me feels like a society's collective illustration style, perfected over all these people doing it. You know, this, this idea of like simplified symbolism that it, it, To me, it's just like the perfect illustration style developed over thousands of people uh, from a per- perspective of a culture, like that point of view. Uh, and I'm just, nothing jazzes may like finding a bit of folk art that, that really does it for me. Number three was uh, Fran, Fran Erd. She was on a podcast a few months ago. She's a friend of mine. Her YouTube channel, has been really inspiring to me. It's been giving me a different perspective on how I do my podcast because, you know, so many of the metrics, so many of the things that I thought this is important or that's important. Her channel, we're, we connect really well as friends uh, and we have a lot of similarities, I think, but she does her her YouTube so differently than I do my podcast. And it's just really inspired me about the possibilities of what I could do. Number four, I'm only going to say one word for those long-time fans that have listened to this show fervently. And you'll know this will be enough. Zelda. Five. There's a series on CNN called The History of Stand-Up Comedy. and Or maybe it's just The History of Comedy. And I've been just devouring episode after episode. And it is... It's just... It's doing it. It's doing it for me. And so I'm going to challenge you. Make your kinspiration list. What are the things, and I would make a ton of effort, make a ton of effort to identify these things and to go out and find them. But once you've made the effort to find them and you've found them, the true test on whether they're kinspiration or not is Once you find them, it takes no effort to sustain the interest. They've got to be things that grip you, that pull you in, that keep you looking back at them and keep these things in a special place, review them, keep going back to them. They will be the kindling to your creative career fire. And when you're feeling down and out, revisit them. I do. And it really, really... Uh, it's night and day number three these are the logs what you're actually making the stuff you're making if you're not jazzed on it I'm not going to go super deep into this one Uh, I just want to give you some uh, just a tip that's helped me recently uh, it's not groundbreaking. It's just something I want to share because it was a it was a mindset shift for me. If you're not super jazzed about the stuff you're making right now, or you're confused about what you should be making, I'm gonna encourage you to schedule a meeting. You know, the people in the business world always talk about how much they hate meetings, but I don't. I'm a solopreneur. I'm a I'm a sole proprietor doing freelance on my own and. I kind of like meetings because I don't get invited to any meetings. Uh, And if I do, they're like over a phone call and you can't hear anybody and it's just terribly uh, boring. But I I think that meetings are necessary in business. And if you are in business for yourself or if you have your own creative work, whatever that might look like, whether you have a job or not, you got to have the ownership To call your own meetings. And the past week, past two weeks, I've called a few meetings with Sophie. I've called a few meetings with friends. You know, I have a friend named Brad Montague. He he's the creator of Kid President. And he has a really great Instagram with uh, illustration and stuff like that. Brad Montague, he has a board of directors for his life. Uh, a handful of people that he looks to to help him make decisions and help him get unstuck and help him to, uh, to get out of the woods and not, and not be lost, right? And so if you're feeling confused or you're feeling uninspired about the stuff that you're making, that's a really like scary place to be. And I don't think you should do it alone. I think you should call a meeting. Sometimes you got to spend half a day on an important meeting like businesses do. Businesses do. And your life is more important than business. You need to call a personal life meeting. You need to call a creative meeting. You need to call up your friend for coffee or Skype or over the phone and say, Hey, I want to help you on what you're going through. Will you listen uh, to what I'm going through and help me maybe see what's going on? Sometimes just externally processing can unlock some of this. It's not genius. This isn't some crazy tactic. This isn't, you know, as quirky as kinspiration, it's just it's just it's just a fact it's been helpful to me sometimes it can feel uh unproductive to call a meeting for half your day can feel like you're wasting time but that stuff is golden and I just want to give you permission to do that so I really want to I have something that I really want to explain to you. And I'm stressing out because I... It's a jumbled up mess in my head. But it's so important for me to communicate it to you. It's so important to me um, that you... that you understand how i feel about this next one and i and so i don't have it exactly perfectly laid out i don't have it written out i don't have it articulated perfectly i'm just going to try really hard to open up my soul <laughs> and let it spill all out of all, all out on all of you uh like a big old adhd messy uh b- bunch of chords and scrambled jazz as it is in my heart and I hope it kind of conveys how important this last one is to me so the last one that I want to share with you is the spark it's the match it's your it's your lighter it's the thing that sets this whole bonfire aflame it's it's the thing that you've got that's that renewable resource that's the difference maker between the person that has to wait for the wildfire to catch him and the one that has the source that can start the flame anytime, anywhere. And here's, what the, here's the spark. The spark is a purpose, a deeper purpose, Uh, something worth fighting for. You know, my good friend, Meg Lewis, she has this online course called Full-Time You, and she goes around doing talks and workshops about full-time you, and it hinges on this idea of having a purpose. And she says, you know, when people are really down and out, they might say, I don't even know. I don't even remember my reason for living. But the funny thing is, how many of us actually know our reason for living? Do you? Have you ever asked yourself, you know, think about Donald Miller. he He's the guy who wrote A Million Miles in a Thousand Years, and he talks about how you would never sit in a movie watching a character that doesn't want anything. The whole idea of a story is a character wants something, and, and that's the thing that drives it forward. Have you ever asked yourself, really, what do you want? And cut the crap. Cut the keywords. Cut the buzzwords. Quit making it sound like an elevator pitch. And get into your heart and say, what do you want? What do you really want? And I know what I want. I want what i what i hope for is that you, that i would make stuff and you could feel my flame through the stuff that i make that you could be warmed by that inner spark of life that i would be able to take that thing that animates Animals and people and trees and birds and this invisible force this thing that's pulsing through me that somehow I would create vessels I would create artwork I would create podcasts I would create illustrations and somehow through craft through sheer willpower through wrestling that's through fighting that somehow I would get that. Animating force out of my body, out of the disconnected thing between you and me, put it in a vessel so that I could share with it with you, share with you the warmth of my inner flame so that you could feel it, so that you could remember it, so you can remember oh, that's why we're alive. You see, everything my purpose, and it's not going to be your purpose, you know Meg Lewis, she says her purpose is just to make people's lives happier. And that's a great purpose. My purpose is to draw invisible things. And I was watching that Won't You Be My Neighbor documentary on Fred Rogers, Mr. Rogers from Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. And if you haven't seen it, get ready to cry. Um, It is so moving. When he talks to... uh, I think the thing I find most moving was when he's talking to the Government about why they need PBS. And he speaks with this incredible conviction, this incredible sense of purpose. And I think about how many people creating stuff in Fred Rogers' era. That we're not going to remember, that we're not going to care about like we do him. We're not going to be inspired like we do him. And he might have not been the most creative of the people creating in his heyday, but he did seem the most driven by purpose. And when he lays his heart out in front of the government, begging them not to cancel the funds, you just lose it. And there's a point later on in the movie so I I tell people you know I have a project called Invisible Things where I take uh, these invisible forces and I personify them in characters whether that's a dream whether that's spookiness, whether that's weirdness, whether that's uh, love, these invisible forces, the things that matter in the world, everything I'm interested in, you can't see, which is funny for someone who draws for a living, AKA makes pictures, AKA makes things for your eyes. And I would want to draw things you can't see any other way. I think that's the purpose of an illustrator. I want to give analogies that help you see things that are hypothetical, philosophical, invisible. And when I'm watching this documentary, Sophie Sophie and I, Sophie, my wife, and I are watching this, and she knows my invisible things thing. (laughs) She's heard me blabber on about it like I did just a second ago uh, with passion and purpose and, and obsession. And uh, she knows it's my life purpose. And uh, we're watching this movie, and there's this moment where time just stopped because Fred Rogers is talking, and he's kind of making his case again to somebody else. And he's like, I'm just here to show kids that the essential things in life are invisible to the eye. And we both gasped (laughs) and we looked at each other like, that's, that's my purpose. He's like, and I'm like, yeah, man, we're on the same team. And I went and looked it up and I realized that it's actually, it was his favorite quote. He had it framed on the wall and it's from my favorite book called The Little Prince. And it says that the most important things in life can only be seen with the heart. They're invisible. Uh, The essential things in life are invisible to the eye. And when I get to the point where I'm like... I'm getting really I'm getting really upset saying this, but it's because I'm exhausted. And I get to this point where I have these illustration deadlines and I gotta get a conference call this week and I'm traveling to Baltimore and I'm doing, you know, stuff that's stretching me and pushing me and I gotta get home and go to the hotel and finish up a deadline and I need to call my kids and I need to do this stuff and and we gotta go to take Hugo to karate and all that kind of stuff. It's easy for me to think like, why am I thinking about the stupid podcast? This po- why do I beat myself up about, what do I fight for this podcast? Why do I fight to make these drawings as good as I can possibly make them? Who cares? And I remember because what's essential in life is invisible to the eye. Because you're drawing invisible things so people will see them, so people will notice them, so people will remember, so people remember that spark, that flame. Because, Andy, you love when a stand-up comedian or when a podcaster or when an artist or, or when a musician wrestles and fights to spill out that flame through craft, through tricks, through magic into their art and you consume it and you uh, digest it and you can feel You, you love watching Fred Rogers wrestle to get that flame, that spark out into the world through these vessels that they're creating and you consume it and you're warm and you remember you wake up And you're like, oh, life. It's hard, but it's good. And I didn't remember it until you wrestled that thing out and you put it on the page. And you want to give that gift that you love receiving. And so that purpose, that flame, that's a flame that once you find it, it never really goes out. Sometimes it goes down to, and you can't hardly see it anymore, but that spark never leaves once you find it. And I encourage you to not just hear this as esoteric BS, because it will change your life. Not when you make up a purpose one afternoon and be like, I think I'm going to be the person that... No, when you find it. And it's really there. And you spend your life unraveling it in the work that you make. It will change you. So at the beginning of this episode, I told you that Civilization really starts for humans when we master fire. When we have the ability to control and create fire on command, it changes everything for people. And it changes what we can build and what we can do. And that was super inspiring to me to read that because I just thought about how this is the difference between the amateur creative and the pro creative. The pro's not afraid of burnout. The, the pro's not hiding in caves, protecting its creative inspiration and embers and, 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 and running and hiding and, and, a, and being afraid to burn bright at its full potential. If you're going to have the fearlessness to spill out that flame as bright as you possibly can, you've got to have the confidence that if you burn so bright that you burn out that you can light that fire again. And that is really inspiring to me inspiring to me that idea about this being this giant shift in humanity going from being at the mercy of the gods and this wildfire and being afraid of burning out to going into this civilization because we have control of fire we can command fire but The inception of this episode actually came from a different idea that I ran across and through science, (laughs) you know, I really don't know anything about science when you just call it Science. I heard about it from science, Uh, but I heard about it from science. This idea that fire is inextricable because we can't have civilization without it. You know, language and fire, these are the two things that that we built civilization on. And it, it is the game changer for what we can build. But the truth is, there are some new ideas in the science world that say that fire might be even more inextricable to being human than what we can build. It might be deeply tied to who we are. Why? Because some scientists believe that the reason we leveled up beyond the other animals was because we had fire to cook our food. So when we start, we actually, uh, our bodies, the way that they are now, they're designed, they're set up to eat cooked food. Now, the raw diet, you can lose some weight, but scientists say you can actually, it's possible to starve to death eating only raw food because we actually evolved or, or were designed or whatever you want to say to eat cooked food because this thing happened, we start cooking our food, it starts being easier to digest, meaning it takes less calories to digest the food, which means that for animals, we start having all of these, all this margin of energy. We're able to consume way more calories and digest way more calories than, uh, Than we need, and so we have this margin. And some scientists believe that it's that margin that fire that cooked food created that gave us extra calories for our brain to use. That the reason we have this complex human brain, the reason we are who we are, is because of fire, because of cooking food because of being able to digest food easier. Our body had extra margin and we spent those calories with thinking, with brain power. And so the last thing I want to leave you with is this. I want you to be a fire maker of a creative I don't want you to run and hide because of burnout. I don't want you to be cowering, afraid of burnout. I want you to burn fearlessly. I want you to burn as bright as you can. I want you to burn bright to your potential, but not just so that you can build a human civilization of a creative career, not just so you can build a, a career that's thriving. I want you to use that fire to change who you are as a person. I think that, yeah, making creative work and, and getting to spend a life doing that is, is great for what you can build. It's great for what you can make. But I think in my experience going on this past, uh, journey over the past 10 years, the more profound thing, the thing I'm most grateful is what the creative work made me. I think about Andy four years ago, weighing up whether he wants to start this podcast, and I think, get in the fight, man. Burn bright, man. <laughs> and you know when I'm getting jazzed, I start rhyming. But I, one thing I haven't been able to express to people is, This podcast, this creative work, this endeavor of making a thing has made me more me than anything I've ever done in my life. If you go listen back to the first episodes four years ago, there's a person that knows a lot less about himself than the person that's recording this right now that the process of making stuff makes you into a different person. And I grieve for those who are captured by burnout and they don't put in the work and put in the time and, and learn the tricks to get that flame back on because they're not gonna be able to be all that they can be. And when I'm watching, you know, I was talking about the history of comedy on CNN and I'm watching these comedy legends, the people that really did the work, the people that really uh, pushed into this thing, those people become so self-actualized. They become so in tune with who they are. What they make makes them. And you only do that if you've got the fire. To fight, so I hope that you take it seriously and you find some things worth fighting for. And you know what? I am a soft, non-tough love kind of uh, creative pep talker. I'm the kind of motivational speaker that's like, "It's fine, guys. I love you guys. It's it's okay. You know, just be yourselves. I, I accept you and love you just as you are. I don't like tough love. I don't like fighting. I like." Uh, hugs. That's the kind of person I am. But whether I like it or not, I've been convinced that life is a fight. And if you don't find something worth fighting for, you're going to get pulverized. So what's that spark? What's that purpose? What's that thing that you're going to fight for What's that flame that you're gonna fight to switch on? Because if you do, you're gonna build some sweet stuff, but you're also gonna become something even sweeter. you have any idea how jazzed I am right now? I have been laboring over this love that I've been recording and I feel good. I feel like maybe you're going to hear it. You're going to be like, whoa, Andy, take it easy, man. That's a little bit too much flame for me to taste. These are like flame broiled whoppers that you're laying down. And I was looking more for like a dollar menu burger. But I had to let the flame fly, and I'm feeling invigorated. So maybe um, this is supposed to be the outro, but maybe there's one other thing to say that sometimes it's just about the discipline of showing up. Sometimes it's not about whether you feel like doing it or not. Sometimes it's the work that flicks on the flame. How about that flame broiled burger? Oh man, I'm so glad that I got to open up my my heart uh, here, because I really opened up. I hope you feel it too. Anyway, thank you guys. Remember, calendars are out. CPD calendars, they're out 2019. Best year ever. Go. Go get some of that kindling for next year. Think of think of yourself in 2019, this calendar is your first piece, piece of kindling, kindling. Go get it. Kinspiration. Also, uh, don't don't forget, we've got two pieces of artwork up there, two new posters, 12 by 12 posters, a whole bunch of other cool stuff that I didn't even tell you about that I've put up there recently. Creativepeptalk.etsy.com love you guys love Yoni Wolf and uh, the band Y for the theme music I love Alex Sugg I'm so full of love right now uh, I'm, I love Alex Sugg uh, for editing this podcast and for I'm such an embarrassing human um, <laughs> uh, for editing the podcast and providing the soundtrack listen to me go listen to the freaking soundtrack I'm not going to tell you anymore I am going to keep telling you because it's really good. Go on Spotify or Apple Music. I love it. I listen to that thing like freaking mad. Uh, It's a great instrumental tunes for when you're just doing something, you know, the brainy work where you can't have the lyrics distracting you. Good stuff. Alex knocked that out of the park. There's a song called Pencil in the Stone. Come on. Go check it out. Thank you guys so much. Thanks for listening to the show. I love this show. I love doing this show and I love you. Thank you. Until we speak again. Stay pepped up and stay flame broiled.